Blog Talk Radio. You might have to sing. And God good for giving us so many blessings, undeserving. That's what we are. We should thank him. Love and praise him a little bit more today. A lot more tomorrow. Well, ain't God good for giving us so many blessings, undeserving. That's what we are. We should thank him. Love and praise him a little bit more today, a whole lot more tomorrow. Well, ain't God good for giving us so many blessings, undeserving. That's what we are. We should thank him. Love and praise him a little bit more today, a whole lot more tomorrow. Good afternoon. This is Apostle Alexander Lockham with the Burning Bush Church, 402 North 13th Street at Urban, North Carolina. We count it a privilege and an honor to just come and share you with the Word of God this afternoon. There is a word from the Lord, and we ask you to fasten your seatbelt because God has a word for us this afternoon, and we want you to be blessed. We don't want His word to fall on deaf ears, but we ask that you listen to, from it with, with an intended ear to be blessed. Listen to hear the Lord speaking to you. Everything I say may not be for you, but whatever is for you, you know, you take that. Sometimes people get offended when they hear a message because they try to take the whole message. And they think they say, you're talking about me, or you said this, you said it, and the message wasn't relating to them. But there is a part in the message why the Bible is right to divide the word. That way everybody can even slight, everybody will get something. So I might be jumping here, then over there, but nevertheless, it's all in the word of God. So we want to talk tonight about the blessings that come from obeying God. The blessings that come from obeying God. I was sitting back and the Lord was ministering to me. I was fasting and the Lord was ministering to me how that his people have stopped being obedient. They go to church on Sunday. They go to church on Bible study. They go to church on morning worship. Whatever activity going on in the church, they go to church. But they forgot to be obedient. They do what they want to do. But we want to talk about the full obedience, not partial obedience. You can't be blessed by partially obeying God. You got to obey God to the fullness in every way. When you obey God to the fullness, he said he'll bless you. Let's see what Deuteronomy said about that, what God said he'll do with Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy everybody know about Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. I just want to read a few verses what God said he'll do. He said if you would obey. That means do what the Lord said, not when you want to, but all the time. Christians don't realize that obedient means all the time. It don't mean sometimes. What would it look like at them stoplights out on the highway and uh, that chain from green and red so it can control the traffic? What would it look like at the stoplight started doing what it wanted to do? Changing when he get ready to change time, somebody get ready to go through it green and time to get ready to go on it turn red. It would be a tragedy. It would be a, a habit. It would be a terrible race going on on the highway. Called it called a satellite doing what they do. Now, now the satellite has been programmed to operate correctly. That means to obey the ones who, even though it had no mind, no voice, or nothing, but still, they made it that it would obey the signals that they gave it. 
so it would change when it's supposed to change, and, and you know, and then each lane get their signal when to change, so there won't be no wreck, there won't be no havoc, there won't be no accident, and it doesn't do it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes they malfunction, but most of the time they're, they're working perfectly so they can control the traffic. They ain't doing what they want to do. They're doing what they've been programmed to do. But we, we think we're going to serve the Lord and just 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 do what we want to do. We'll obey him partly. Obey him when we want to obey him. Then we want him to open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. It's not going to work. If you're not obeying God to the fullness, then you're not going to get the fullness of God's blessing. You can't partially obey God when you want to. You've got to obey him every second, every minute, every hour, every day. I can't do it. Yes, you can. You obey the devil, and he don't even have no sermon. He don't even have no church. He don't. He don't even don't even run no revival. He don't even have no workshop. You obey him without a problem. But we always have a problem when it comes down to obeying God, doing what God said, and what all God's trying to do is bless you. The thing that God tells us to do, they are for our benefit. They are to bless us. Wow! And we don't want to be walking the blessing of the Lord. We rather uh, we will struggle. We 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 really run into the difficult difficulties that could have been avoided if we would only obey God. Deuteronomy said, "Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the Lord, the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all carefully His commandments, which I command you today." that the Lord your God will set you on high. He said diligently, carefully. I mean, you, you just don't just don't 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 live shabby. But 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 observe your walk with God. Cross your teeth, dot your eyes. Get your act together. You're doing all right on Sunday morning, but down through the week, you want to do what you want to do. Then you want the Lord to bless you. People wonder what's wrong with her? Why did this happen to her? What this why that happened to them? They're supposed to be saved, supposed to be born again, because we are not obeying God to the fullness. We're saying it out of our mouth, but we're not doing it in our lifestyle. God will not tell you to do something that he won't help you do. He will help you obey him, and there are benefits coming from obeying the Lord. He said, I'll put you above all nations. Ain't that something? I'll put you above. I'll bless you so that in 10 years, you have what some people didn't have in 40 years. I bless you. I bless you in such a way that while others struggling trying to make you be at ease, God wants you blessed, but it comes from being obedient to his word, doing what he said not said not for us not to do. And all these blessings, he said, shall come on you, shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the, the the voice of the Lord your God. Listen to that. He said, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Quit, don't worry about what nobody else doing. So-so doing this. And so don't worry about what they're doing. You, you serve the Lord yourself. Do like Joshua said. Joshua said, choose you today who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You serve the Lord. Let your house serve the Lord. Because what about that house across the street? Ain't serve the Lord, and they're supposed to be saved and claiming salvation. Don't worry about that. Don't let me, that become a snare to you. Don't let that be a hindrance to you. You obey God. You obey him, and he will bless you. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be 
in the country. Other words, he's going to bless you. Whenever you go to the city, you're going to get a deal. God's going to send you just in time where it cost one prize the other day that was so high, now you can go get it three times less than that. God will bless you so you'll bless you'll run into your blessing, and your blessing will run into you. He said, I bless you in the field, bless you in the country. I give you favor in the sight of God and man. When you obey God, God will give you favor in the sight of, in the sight of man. Some people talk about man can't do nothing for me. I love the Lord and man did. But look, baby, you can't live in this world without man because God fixed it that way that we need each other. He said, I give you favor in the sight of God and man. He said, blessed shall be the fruits of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock. Other words, he ain't going to let your your cattle have calves and they die at birth. But he's going to let them be multiplied and they're going to live, whether them having three or four or two or three or one, they may have triplets. Where your little hog is having nine pigs, he pig, he's about to have 16 pigs, and none of them die because you serve the Lord. You belong to God and the blessing of the Lord. You know what the scripture said about the blessing of the Lord? It makes one rich and added no sorrow. God want to bless you. I come to tell you this afternoon, God told me to tell you, if you obey him, he will bless you. If you obey him, check your life. See what you're doing. Get rid of them little things that you're doing. I know we got that. We quote that scripture. We all have sinned and come short to go with God. He said we all have sinned, but he didn't say we all got a sinful lifestyle. It's one thing to make a mistake in sin, but it's another thing to live it every day you get up. Your lifestyle is sinful. Then you're not going to get God's blessing. So God's not going to bless your disobedient ways. So Deuteronomy let us know that God's going to bless us. Blessing shall be your basket and your kneeling bowl. Blessing shall you be when you come in, and blessing shall you be when you go out. Ain't that something God said this? All you got to do, obey him. You're going to get blessed without even asking for it. Just because you obey God, he's going to bless your going out. He's going to bless your coming in. All you put your hand to do, he's going to bless. He's going to blow your mind, excite your joy. He's going to show you his glory. He's going to show you what he can do because he's God. But you've got to have an inventory of yourself. What are you doing in the dark? What are you doing when you when church door closed? What are you doing when ain't nobody looking at you? You got to live like somebody looking. You got to know the eyes of the Lord go, go to and forth through all the earth. Behold the good and the evil. Ain't nothing he hear from God. Ain't nothing he see everything you do. And you act like he don't see what you're doing. He see you not obeying. How you think he's going to bless you? It don't matter what nobody says. See, most people live their life worrying about what other people think. It don't matter what other people think. Other, this ain't about other people. This ain't about the Lord, you and the Lord. This is about your walk with God. This is about your, your, your commitment. This is about your submissiveness to God. And God want you to do that. God want you to do that. And when you obey him, you're going to see your lifestyle change. You're going to see your surrounding change. You're going to see your blessing change. You're going to see your health change. You're going to see your finance change. You're going to see your children change. Disobedient bring disobedient on your children. The Bible says disobedient is at the seal of witchcraft. Ain't nobody got to go to no root worker. Ain't nobody got to go to no root worker to put no spell on you. You put the spell on your own self. 
They ain't got to do it. You did it. You said it might take somebody working on a spell on you. You ain't nothing happening. Everything's uh, blowing up in your face. Everything you took look like a crumble. And here you think somebody done worked witchcraft on you and you around telling everybody somebody's working witchcraft on you when the Bible said disobedient was a sin of witchcraft. Other words, disobedient is the same thing at, at, the, with, at the witchcraft spirit. Do you hear me? Disobedient acts the same way as a witchcraft spirit. Now, a witchcraft spirit brings bad luck. A, a witchcraft spirit brings trouble. A witchcraft spirit brings chaos. And when you disobey God, you have allowed a witchcraft spirit to come in your home, to come in your life, and it's just causing chaos, a havoc. It just ain't nothing working in your favor. Huh? You got time? You trying to pay the root worker to get something off you that you put on your own self because you're disobedient. You're not obeying God. And you think it's okay, but God said everybody tell you it's not okay. He wants to bless you, but he can't bless you in your disobedience. He would go against his word if he do that. Deuteronomy said he will bless you if you obey him, and he'll curse you if you disobey him. Now, these are blessings and curses. I'm just reading the blessings. I ain't going to read it all. I'm just getting started here with a few verses. The Lord will call, listen, the Lord will call your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you, your face. They should come out against you one way. And flee before you seven ways. Wow, ain't that, listen to that. Your enemy can't even touch you. He said make your enemy be at peace with you. Your enemy want to take you out and can't even do it. Your enemy want to destroy you and can't even do it because you're obeying God. You're obeying the Lord. You're doing what God told you to do. Not doing what God told me to tell you to do. You're doing what God told you to do. you got to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. And you read the Bible, and whatever the Bible said, do, you don't do it. If the Bible said, I should not commit adultery, and then you commit adultery, and then you want God to bless you, and you have an affair on your wife, an affair on your husband, here you is cheating on one another, and then you want God to bless you like he don't see, uh-uh, baby, it don't work like that. You got to be obedient. You got to keep the marriage vow. You got to be committed to that marriage vow you made. You made it. You said, for better words, it's sickness and hell. Rich or poor, you made that vow. Keep that. You do that wife right. Do that husband right. You quit cheating on them. You quit. If you're doing it, stop. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm going to put it like that. If you do it because your blessings are hindered. The Bible says, husband, be not bitter to your wife. Let your prayer be hindered. Sometimes husbands get bitter to the wife. Many times they get bitter because they got somebody on the side. They get bitter because they got somebody and she found out about it. Now you're mad at her because she found out about what you're doing. But you made a vow to her. You made a commitment to her to love her, to, 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 to cherish her. To respect her, to honor and obey her, and sickness in hell. So check yourself. Send that little sweet thing on back home. Send him back home. Oh, come on, yes. Send him on back home. Get on your knees and pray and tell God to help you honor your marriage vow. God to help you be obedient, help you to be submissive, help you not let infidelity into your marriage, into your home. And you will see God bless you. Because, see, if you do if you if you causing confusion, and, 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 and the wife is bitter, the wife is hurt, then the blessings in the house are going to be here and you the head. Let's go for husband and wife, both. Be faithful to one another. Uh, be, 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 be honest to one another. Keep your marriage vow that you made. And God will bless you. You say call your enemy to flee seven ways before you. 
seven ways. Amen. Your enemy come against you, and God according to me. The Lord will com- the Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouse. God gonna command the blessings. He gonna command blessings to come your way in your storehouse. Your, cur- your cabinet running over. Your cupboard running over. Your freezer running over. Your storehouse running over. So God commanded the blessing to come your way. Wow, that's a blessing in itself. The Lord command his blessings. The Lord the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. See, we belong, we are peculiar. When you hold it, I read in the scripture where it said God has set apart those that are holy for himself. You know how you got something you set that apart? That's yours. That's yours now. Yeah, you buy something for everybody else in the house, that's fine. You want them to know that, you know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to leave nobody. But this I bought for me. This is mine. This ain't for nobody to mess with. This ain't for nobody to worry. This ain't for nobody to put it on. This is mine. And so God has set up when you hold it. God has set those apart that is holy for himself. Amen. So if you holy, you've been set apart. That 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 is that's a blessing. That's an honor to know that you've been set apart for God. You're different than anybody else. God set you apart for his honor, for his glory, and for his praise. Then all people of the earth to see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruits of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground in the land which the Lord swore your father to give you. So God promised to bless you if you just obey him. So take an inventory of yourself. Ask yourself a question. You want God to bless you, but are you obeying God? Are you doing what God told you to do? Are you doing what God told you to do? See, only you can answer that. Only you can answer that. Nobody else can answer that for you. And if you see that you're not obeying, God is gracious. He's just and faithful to forgive you for all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, God don't hold grudges. He ain't going to sit around and be mad at you when you ask the Lord to forgive you. He's going to stay for the next two or three days so I ain't going to forgive you. The Bible says confess your fault. God already know you're doing it anyway. But he said confess your fault. He's just and faithful to forgive you for all your sins. And he's going to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing of obedience. I want to talk about six results of obedience to God. Six results. There are many more, but I just want to talk about six that come whenever you... There are so many good results of obedience. I could ramble on and on about all that God gives us when we obey. We just don't know how many blessings God wants to give us. Blessing, that's with an S on it. So that means it ain't no limit what that be, whether it's a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, we don't know. It's an S on it. It is plural. 
It's not singular, but it's plural with an S on it, meaning it's more than one and more than many, more than a plenty. Huh? And God said, generally speaking, obedient to God gives us entry into all that he has for us. I hope somebody listen to that because your, you, you, your blessings are hindered because you're not obeying. Now, if you are obeying the Lord tonight, then don't let this mess offend you. Just, just, I tell people, if you don't need it, freeze it. Put it in the refrigerator. Put it in the deep freezer and keep it until you do need it. Don't get offended by it because God gave me this tonight to, to, to somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to. From the head to the bottom to the tail. From the apostles to the prophet to the evangelist to the pastor, no matter who you are, disobedient is disobedient. It doesn't change because you hold a title. It doesn't change because you're up there in a high place. It doesn't change because you, you got some, some high position. Disobedient is disobedient. And if you're disobeying, then you have to suffer the consequence of not, not receiving the blessings of God. I keep saying that make one rich and adding themselves. God want to bless you. He want to show off. God want to bless his people. He want to bring us out of poverty. He want to bring us out of sickness. He want to bring us out of lack. He want to cause us to walk in a plenty. God wants to walk in an overflow. You know the children of Israel, when they served God, they walked in an overflow. They were in a land of milk and honey. They tell me that the grapes, listen now, they tell me that the grapes were so big, it took two men to tote the cluster. Now you imagine a grape so big, that, that we're talking about a cluster of grapes like you see in the store. These grapes are so big that it took two men to tote the, crust, the, the, the cluster. Just a cluster now, not the, whole, not the whole thing, just a cluster. Just one of the pieces off the vine. Took two men to tote it because that's how God had blessed the land. The figs, the pornography, the mamaganates, they were so big it took two people to tote them when they, had to, when, they, when they had to take it somewhere. Two people had to. Could you imagine what kind of great they are that it took two people to carry the, carry the custom? God wants to bless you. God sent me by to deceive me and tell you he wants to bless you, but you got to obey. you got to let go of this mess that you're doing in the dark. And thank no nobody see you. Because it really ain't about what nobody see you or not. This is about God. I remember that I was out in the country. I live in the country. I was out in the country, way out in the country, miles out in the country, headed somewhere. And I come to the stop sign. I didn't see nobody until so I kept on going. Thinking it was okay. I'm out in the country. Ain't nobody out there. I ain't hit nobody. So, you know, I ain't really got to stop. But God spoke to me and said, what you just did? I said, what? What you just did? He said, that, did that stop sign, did it say stop or did it say slow down? I said, Lord, it said stop. He said, did you stop? I said, no. He said, didn't you disobey? Because you didn't see nothing. You didn't think a wreck could occur because you were way out in the country. So it didn't matter because I was way out in the country. I should have treated that stop sign if it was right there in the city. It didn't matter what nobody coming. The sign said stop. It didn't say slow down and look and see what you see coming and keep on going. It said stop. And see, that's what we do. We don't stop. We slow down. But we want to get the credit for stopping. I remember I got a ticket, and I went to the court. And I told the judge I slowed down. <laughs> that's what I told the judge. I said, sir, I slowed down. Because the officer stopped me, and I was trying to fight the case, you know. I said, sir, I really didn't. I really, I, I said, I, almost, I, I slowed down, sir. I didn't, I didn't stop completely. 
He said, what did the sign say? He said, I said, the sign says stop. He said, pay the ticket. The sign says stop. It didn't say slow down, and that's what somebody, I'm telling some of you, I ain't telling you tonight to slow down. <laughs> I'm not telling you. He said, what people, people slow down, stop living the way they live and come into church and sit in the church and still sin it. All they did was slow down. They just don't commit as many sin now they did with it without the world. They come to church and they think how oh, they came to church and slowed down. They're justifying. You got to stop all the way. You got to quit doing whatever you're doing that is wrong so God can bless you. Lay down every weight and the sin which does so easily beset you. You know what beset you. You know what gets you in trouble. You know what you hang around with and it causes you to do God wrong. Lay down every weight and the sins will eat with it so God can bless you because that's what he want to do. There are so many good results that come from being obedient. By obedient, we stay in tune with God and are given all the power of God. This is, this is, this is what happened. Listen, by being obedient, God, by being obedient, we stay in tune with God. You can't stay in tune with God being disobedient. You heard something. You don't even know whether the Lord talking to you or not. The Bible says try the spirit. You can't try the spirit if you said it. You can't try the spirit if you're doing wrong because you don't know what, what, what you heard. You know, when you're hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing your own voice, hearing the devil's voice because you messed up. You, 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 you got in a sinful life. You got to live so that you can try the spirit and see whether this is of God. Every voice speaks to you ain't God. I don't care how annoying you are. It bothers me if folks get so annoying. Every little thing say they, they want to say it because you, everything speaking to you ain't not God. The Bible says try the spirit. See whether it be a God or whether it be a devil. Why would he say that if he didn't think that you could be hearing the wrong voice? He says see whether it be a God. If it's telling you to do wrong, it ain't God. If it's telling you all right to do, if that voice is telling you it's all right for you to do that, listen, if that what you fit to do is wrong, that is not God. Am I helping anybody? When you hear a voice that is telling you to go contrary to the word of God, that is not God. I don't care how annoying you is. I don't care who told you you would. If it's going against the will of God, it is not God. And here you is caught up doing something that God ain't told you to do because it sounded like it was God. God told me that she was mine. How God gonna tell you she your that she's yours and she married to another man? See, we let Satan deceive us, play on mess in our head. We playing a picture because we want that, and for that reason we act ignorant as though we don't know that that's not God speaking. That's not God. We will go on now. Let's examine these six uh, specific results of obedience. By obeying, we become God's friend. Amen. That's number one. Let me say it again. When you obey, you become the friend of God. Ain't that something? When you obey, God makes you his friend. The Bible says in John 14 and 21, he who has my commandment. And keep them. It is he who loved me. He didn't say have the commandment and, 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 and do what you want to do. He said you've got to keep them. And he who loved me shall be loved by my father. 
and I will love him and manifest myself to him. The word manifest in this verse means to disclose or to show oneself. It is a term of friendship. Therefore, as we see here, obedience to God brings us the friendship of the Father and the Son. You not only consider God's child, but he told the disciples, he said, I call you friend. I just don't call you the disciple. I call you friend. Isn't that something for God to call you his friend? You just think about you having a natural friend and how nice that is to have a natural friend, and that's a good friend, and how y'all just feel glad and play and get along so good and just to be around them, it just makes you feel so good, and that's a natural friend. But God said, I'll be your friend. And John 15 and 14, Jesus said it plainly. You are my friend if you do whatever I command you. That thought to be a friend of God is just overwhelming to me. It is hard to comprehend and describe it so wonderful, so heartwarming. And just think, God is willing to be a friend to anyone who will come to him and obey him. You can't be God's friend if you're not obeying God. You got to obey him. You got to obey. You know what obedience is. It means to do what God told you to do, when he told you to do it, how he told you to do it, where he told you to do it. That's been obedient. You see how Saul got in trouble? And God told him to kill everything. He didn't tell him to kill everything, everything. He come back thinking he would have been obedient. That's what people do. We think we've been obedient. We go do what we want to do, do it our way. And then we want to feel justified before the Lord, sitting there to worship and our hands all in the air, praising the Lord, and they did what God told us to do. Because we did it our way because we thought that that was the best way to do it. He told him to kill everything. And what did he do? He let the sheets and the, and the king and all that pretty stuff, he, they, 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 they kept it alive. And but Saul asked him a question. Did you obey God? He said, Yeah, I obey God. And we had a wonderful battle and more man, I just killed all them other people and I kept that good stuff. I kept the gold and the pretty women and, and then the king alive, he said, But did God tell you to do that? God told you to kill everything, let nothing live. He said he said, If you obey God, why I heard a beep beeping of the sheep? Why did I have the noise of an animals in my ear when you supposed to have killed the animal? Satan would deceive you. Satan will make you lose your blessing by doing it your way. Satan will make you sell it on a counterfeit. Uh, he, he'll make you end up in a relationship that was not even from God because you wouldn't listen to the voice of the Lord. You wanted to have it your way. You must have thought you was at McDonald's because God ain't McDonald's. He don't give it your way. God does it his way because God sees the future. He knows that that you fit to get involved with is going to destroy you. He knows that if you get involved with it, ain't going to be there for much long because you did it the wrong way. You didn't wait on the Lord. He said, be only yoked with unbelievers. You mess around talking about, well, I can change them. God ain't changed them. How do you think you're going to change them? You don't mess around and deceive yourself. And you're caught up in a situation now where you're with somebody who ain't in yours. There's an old songwriter that used to say, it's bad to belong with someone else when the right one come along. Now, there go the right one out there wanting you, and here you are tied up with the wrong one. You done missed your mark. You done got off on the wrong exit. You done got involved in a relationship, and God warned you. God warned, God always warned us when we hard-headed. God warned us. But if we would just obey, if we just obey, God won't give you the wrong husband. If you just obey, God won't give you the wrong wife. If you just obey, God won't have you in a stuck-out relationship 10, 20, and 30 years with the wrong person, beating you and, and disrespecting you and, and offending you. 
No, baby, God don't work that. That ain't God. You did that. Do you remember now? You got the, you got it mixed up because the scripture said God will put no more on you than you're able to bear. But it didn't say that the devil wouldn't put no more on you. It said God would put no more on you. When you get on the devil's territory, when you get on the devil's ground, when you get on the devil's facility, he would destroy you. You see, see the devil knew that when they caught when they caught Samson, what did they do? Immediately they took his eyes out. They destroyed him. They made sure he won't be able to function no more like he did in the past. They made sure that he wouldn't have no sight to see how to go fight nobody. And they, they immediately brought they immediately attacked him. And that's the way the devil does. He attacks your vulnerability. He attacks your ability. Because you are on his ground now. Now here you is in a relationship with somebody who don't even love you. Don't love you. And you know they didn't love you, but you wanted to make it work. You wanted to paint that picture. You thought that maybe your enchantment or whatever you were doing would cause them to change. And they ain't changed yet. You don't miss your blessing. You're in a dead-end situation. Number two, by obeying, we get to know God's will. It's really quite simple. The more we do what God tells us to do, the more we get to know him as a friend. And the more we grow as his friend, the more he reveals himself and his will to us. Hence, we will find that the will of God is acceptable and perfect will. God got a perfect and acceptable will. We will also find that his will is mysterious, awesome, breathtaking, and quite overwhelming. If you read the book of Ephesians, 1, 7 to 12, and 3, 1 to 20, along with the book of Revelation, chapter 19 to 21, you will see that I mean what I mean. If you make it our aim to obey God day by day, he will show you who he is and will fill you with many, with many of his wonderful plans. Just think you obey God every day. Every day you get up and obey God. You're going to see your life. Somebody's life going to change. Somebody's life going to change out this message. Because what it is, all you were lacking is obedience. Oh, you're a good Christian. You're a good person. I, I, I mean, you truly is born again. You are a child of God. But you, you're not obeying to the fullness. The fullness. F-U-L-L-N-E-S at fullness. you got, you got to obey God to the fullness. You can't leave nothing out of that word. To the fullness. Whatever God tells you to do, he tells everybody a different thing to do. But the word of God speaks to everybody. But whatever he's telling you to do, obey him. And he will show you his glory. Because God will do mysterious things in your life, awesome things, breathtaking things in your life. Let us pray pray with David from Psalm 24 and 4. David said, show me your way, O Lord. Teach me your path. You got to pray in the morning when you get, God, show me your way. Lord, I've been disobedient, God. I've been hindering my blessings. I ain't been crossing my teeth, dotting my eye. I have not been serving you to the fullness, God, like I should. I realize that I've been coming short of your glory. I got sin in my life. I got issues in my life. I'm doing wrong in the dark when ain't nobody looking. Here I am holding a position. Here I'm, a, here I'm holding a standard. But yet I'm not being obedient, Lord, and my blessings are hindered. God want to bless. And see what good about God is, whenever he bless you, you you start being obedient, he'll go back and give you what you lost. He'll give you what you lost when you won't obey him. 
God will go back and, 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 and oh, my God, he'll go back seven years and bless you. What the enemy, what the Satan had stole, what the famine had taken away, what the thief had stole. God will go back seven years and blow your mind. He'll give you back what you lost and more. Look what happened when David straightened up his act. David had a man killed, took his wife, and married her, had a child. But when he got his act together in the 51st Psalm, told God to create him a clean heart and new right smoothing him. Look what God did. Yes, God took the child. Then turned around and gave the boy the wisest son in the world. I said, now, wow. He done done wrong. He done sinned against God, committed adultery, committed murder. He done did all these things, covered a man's wife, sitting the man with his best friend. He sent him out to battle deliberately to die. And then God turns around and forgive him after he get his act together and give him the wisest son in the world, which is Solomon. God wants to bless you. He wants you to put that mess behind you so you and him can go on to the next level. He wants to show you his glory because he's God. He's God right by himself. Yes, he is. And he wants to show you his glory. Number two, by obeying, we get to know God. We get to know God by obeying him. It's really quite simple. The more we do what God tells us to do, the more we get to know him as a friend. We will also find that his will is mysterious. We read that earlier. So let us pray that God might show us his will. And show us his way. Number three, by obeying us, by obedient, we bear good fruit. A life that is obedient to God will also bear good fruit. If you obey God, your fruit's going to change. You're going to bear good fruit. You're going to bear good fruit just by you being obedient. God begin, don't begin to stir up the gift on the inside of you. You begin to see his glory in a way that you never experienced it before. By you being obedient. Just think about it. A little living, living the whole lump. It don't take a lot to make a mess. It don't take a lot for 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 tragedy to care. It's just a little living. Don't take but a little living in the east to make it rise. So I, so check out the livings in your life. What's in your life? I know it looks like a little living, but if you leave that little living there, it's going to grow. And it's going to bring destruction. And it's going to rob you of your blessings. Number four, by obeying, we find power for continual obedience. By obeying, God gives you power to keep on obeying. The initial decision you make to obey God, to to commit yourself to God, and to render yourself to him, gives you a new power over sin. It is It sets you free from sin. But the Bible tells us in Romans 16 to 18, do you not know? that to whom you present your body, slavery to, obey, you are that one slave. You become a slave to sin if you yield to sin. If you yield to the devil and do what he says, you become a slave to him. Whether or sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Now, if you be obedient, you become a slave to righteousness. You're going to do right. When you're a slave, you do what you're told to do. When you become a slave to sin, you can't help but do right. You've been a slave. When you become a slave to righteousness, 
you can't help but do right because you're a slave to us. Ain't that something? God don't just save you. He put righteousness in you. He put obedience in you. But God be thankful for that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slave of righteousness. Now you're set free from sin now. Sin don't control you no more. Satan can't make you do nothing. Do you not know if Satan can make you do something, he would violate the law of God? He don't have that kind of power. God didn't give Satan that kind of power. Satan is a manipulator. Satan is a, a schemer. Satan is deceitful. Satan has wild. That's why the Bible says, put on the whole arm of God. You might be able to stand and get the wild. I looked that word up and say, he don't care how. He'll use your mama. He'll use your daddy. He'll use your sister, your brother. He don't care who he used to bring you, to make you do wrong. He don't care who he used to call you not to please God, not to be obedient to God. He don't care. He ain't got no kindness in his heart. He ain't got no compassion in his heart. He's a deceiver. He used them wild of the devil. Wilds, he say, coming all kind of crazy ways, coming at you, trying to bring you down, trying to make you not walk in, in, in obedience to the Lord. That's why you got to put an armor on, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Uh, girding yourself with the girdle, the loins around your waist. You got to dress like a soldier. You got to protect the attacks of the enemy. The helmet of salvation. That's the most important one. That helmet go on your head. When he said the helmet of salvation, he would represent. When Paul was doing this, he, he Paul was in the day with soldiers wore helmets and and breastplates and girdles and, and all that stuff and the sword and the shield. So he was presenting a Christian walk as that of of a soldier. He said, put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor, not man. But he said, but put on the whole armor of God. Because when a soldier went to battle, he put the whole armor on. The more armor he had on, the more the, the more chance it was he would be protected. And his life would be more secure if he had that armor on. The helmet on his head, his feet shunned it. He got the breastplate of righteousness. He got the sword. He got all that. He, he got all that is needed. He got the shield and the breastplate. So if the enemy messes around and missed the shield and hit his breastplate, he's still going to be all right because the breastplate made out of iron. So that breastplate covers your heart. So when the enemy shoots those fiery dots, the Bible says fiery dots, the fiery dots of the enemy, when he shoots those fiery dots at you by you being obedient, by you doing what God told you to do, by you, by you submitting yourself to God's authority, then he, then, he, then he puts the armor on you. He put that helmet of salvation. And there's so many religions out there. So many, oh, my God, so many religions out there. I, I was looking it up one day at the religion, and, my God, there's so many. There's so many, so many. And many of them don't have no Jesus in them. And, but they think they're okay anyway. Many of them. Many of them are based on idols, serving idols. And I ask myself, how can someone do so low to to allow their mind to be caught up to think that an idol was anything? Paul said an idol ain't nothing. The Bible said they that worship idol as, as, as they are. The idol ain't got no sense. They ain't got none either. Serving an idol, got eyes and can't see, ears and can't hear. And when you put it somewhere, it can't move. If I was worshiping an idol, and I carried it over and set it on against the wall, and I didn't never go back and get it in 10 years, the idol would still be said, what good is that idol to me if it can't move? 
it can't pay my bills. It can't help me. It can't make me feel no better. It can't bring me out of poverty. It can't bring me out of sickness. It can't give me no joy. It's just standing there. Standing there since I put it there. It's standing there. And then I make the idol. How can I think that that's a God and I made it with my own hand? I carved it out and put it there. Then I'm going to turn around and worship it. Help me. Something wrong with me. There's something wrong with you can allow a piece of wood. And the Bible said they changed. They changed the glory of the Lord to a four-footed beast. They changed from God. The children of Israel knew God. They knew God from Egypt. They knew God. They knew God ever since they came out of Egypt. God was there with them when they crossed the Red Sea, when God opened up the Red Sea for them. They had all these experiences with God, all those pleasures in Egypt. God showed his glory there. When he turned the water into, into blood, when he brought in the frogs, and he brought in the lice, when he did all those great wonders there in Egypt, and then they got a nerve to see God walking with them a cloud by day and fire by night. They knew he was God. There was no else but about it. There was no question about it. They knew he was God. There were no, they were, they were no, no they, they knew he was God. It's one thing when you don't know something, but they knew he was God. And then the Bible says, after knowing he was God, they still turned around and changed the glory of God to a, to a piece of wood, to a piece of stone, and started worshiping and obeying it and not obeying God. They started, the scripture said they started obeying the, cre- the, the, the creature and not the creator. They all started making what God made rather than God who made it. So we just bless the Lord that we might obey. Therefore, when we present ourselves to God to obey him, he gives us a new a new power over sin and a power over to continue to obey. And in fact, verse 18 tells us that by our obedience, we have made ourselves a slave to righteousness. Ain't that something? Being a slave, we are compelled continue to obey God and to be holy. It becomes our nature. It is our heavenly desire. Number five, by obeying, by obedient, our prayer will be answered. The scripture said God would hold no good thing. So what the scripture said is that God would hold no good thing to them to walk up right before him. One of the things that will happen when we obey God is that our prayers will be heard and answered. What a marvelous thing. But I don't think God answered our prayers just on the basis that we have gone through the mechanical of being obedient. No, it is not that, that way at all. John 15 and 16 seem to indicate that answered prayers is a type of fruit, a manifestation of his grace that comes to us as we abide in him. Thus, as we make our obedience a lifestyle. You know, the scripture said he would do these things that our joy may be full. God want to feel your joy. But you got to be obedient. And, and what kind of joy is under unanswered prayer? What kind of joy is it you pray to be healed and, and you're still sick? What kind of prayer did you plan to be delivered and you're, you're worse off now than before you start praying? That ain't the way God works. But the Bible said God would do these things that your prayer, that your that God would do these things that your joy may be full. It comes joy out of answered prayer. Answered prayer brings joy. 
for the last phase of the verse, that whoever you ask of the Father, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give you, seem to be an extension of the former phrase, that your fruit shall remain. The word that between the two phrases is connecting words that indicate that the last phrase is connected to the former phrase. Thus, our ability to pray and receive answers is a type of fruit. It's a fruit, types of fruit. Prayer. The writer said prayer is a type of fruit. It calls things to happen. It calls things to become manifested in your life. And it pleases God that he can answer your prayer. But I also think that more fruits come as a result of our prayers. So we need to know that God wants to bless us. Last but not least, last but not least, by our obedience, the Father is glorified in the Son. By you obeying God, God gets glory from Jesus. He's glorified in the Son because you obeying God. In John 15 and 7 and 8, Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my word abide in you. You will ask what you will desire. It shall be done for you. Abide means obedience. It means to get in and stay there. It don't mean being in today and out tomorrow. Yeah, in today and out tomorrow. In today and out tomorrow. But you got to get in and stay in. They had an old saying a long time ago. Uh, put your right foot in and pick the right foot out. Put your right foot in and shake it all about. Do the hokey pokey. You turn yourself around. And this is what we got going on now in my clothing. We got hokey pokey Christians. Yeah, hokey pokey Christians. They think they come to church when they want to. Then they get mad. They go stay gone two or three weeks a month. They come back expecting everything to be all right. What if everybody did that? The church couldn't function. If everybody got in the attitude and weren't wearing their, wearing their feeling on their shoulder. What if everybody did that, decided they didn't want to show up the next three or four Sundays? What if the pastor decided he didn't want to come? If the pastor did that, they'd get all the attitude. Oh, they want to leave the church now. Oh, well, pastor, what do he do that for? Well, you do it all the time. The members do it all the time. Come when they want to. Leave when they want to. Get an attitude when they want to. But then they want to make want the leader to stay perfect. They want the leader not have no flaw. They want the leader not do that and leave and don't come back. He said, if you abide in me, that means stay in the word, be obedient. For he said, if you love me, keep my commandment. He said, if any man say he love me, keep not my commandment, he lying. So if you love God, you keep his commandment. Whatever he commanded, the commandment told you to do in your life, God wants to bless you. I'm talking to the radio world this evening. I hope I help somebody. God wants to bless you. God wants to blow your mind. God wants to heal your body. He wants to regulate your mind. God wants to bring you out of all that you're going through. But there's, but there's, there's, there's an uh, a error here that you don't see, and that area is your disobedience. You didn't understand the importance of disobedience because so, you've been doing it so long. You've been disobeying so long until you fail to realize the, uh, the, 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 the consequence behind it. There's a consequence in disobeying God. But you've been doing it so long, it didn't look like there was no consequence. See, people get God mixed all up because God is patient, long-suffering. He's, God said, don't let the long-suffering of God deceive you. Don't let God long-suffering, God patient, and God kindness. Uh, try for you and, and make you uh, think that God ain't going to do it. Because God had not do it, he ain't going to do it. Don't let it deceive you. Because if God said something, he's going to do it. He 
Here Jesus tells us that if we abide in him, which includes our obedience, him, we will receive answer to our prayer. And verse 8, Jesus said, by this my father glorified. The word this means that when you abide and obey and when your prayers are answered, then he will be glorified. See, God wants to answer your prayer. When God looking down at you and you pray to God, he answers your prayer. It put a smile on your face. It make you happy. Oh, you about to turn a flip. Oh, my God, you excited. You just got that new home. You got, got that new car. You just got that new husband. You got that new wife. You just got that baby you've been wanting for a long time. You've been trying to have it and couldn't have it, and God bless you so you can have the baby. Oh, my God. Yes, it makes God happy, too, to see you happy. And he answered your prayer. Then, then, then is he glorified in the Father. Because it was in his name. It was in the name of Jesus that you prayed for the baby. It was in the name of Jesus that you prayed for the husband. It was in the name of Jesus that you prayed for that healing. Whatever it was, it was in the name of Jesus. And God did it through the name of Jesus. So now God can be glorified through his son. The next phrase gives us the meaning why he is glorified. It is that or because in abiding and obeying and in having your prayer answered, you bear much fruit. See, when your prayers are answered, then your fruits manifest themselves. Your fruits begin to grow. And somebody get it all mixed up. I didn't say your gifts begin to grow. Let me get this right so you won't get a misunderstanding. I didn't say your gifts begin to grow. I said your fruits begin to grow. And, and I also remember, what is a fruit? What do you mean um, my fruits remain in me? What fruits are you talking about? The fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Amen. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Patience, gentleness, meekness, goodness, kindness. These are the fruits of the Spirit, and God wants them to remain in you. He wants them to remain in you. They're going to manifest. You will be nicer. Oh, yes, some of you, many, you can be nicer than what you are. You can be more kinder than what you are. You can be more meek than what you are. Because this is where God gets his glory out of us because we represent God. We represent him in the earth. And when people see a kind Christian, when people see a nice Christian, when people see a God-fearing Christian, when people see a gentle Christian, a loving Christian, a joyful Christian, a peaceful Christian, it gives God glory. God gets glory out of that. You all rowdy, all uproar, all vendetted, all mean, all mad, all angry all the time, all upset all the time. Can't nobody get around you because of your attitude. God don't get no glory out of that. God get glory when you're kind. God get glory when you're gentle. God get glory when you're mean. No matter no matter what happens to you, handle it in a kind way. No matter what happens to you, handle it in a gentle way. No matter what happens to you, handle it in a meek way. Well, no matter what happens to you, handle it in a long-suffering way. And when you do that, it blesses God. Therefore, the Father glorified by our obedience. But it isn't in our obedience alone that he is glorified. No. He is glorified by our obedience because our obedience called us to bear much fruit. Isn't that something? Our obedience. When you obey God, then God blesses you so that you can bear more fruit. And that's a blessing in itself. So I pray that this evening that somebody had been blessed by this message. God told me to tell the people to obey. Huh? What did he tell Cain in the book of Genesis? Cain was mad at God because God blesses Abel. 
and, and he didn't bless what he brought because he bought what he wanted, bro. God told him to bring the first fruit. Let me explain to you why he got in trouble. God told him to bring the first fruit, and he wanted to bring what he wanted to bring. Bring the left over. We shouldn't got what he wanted to bring God when God had told him to bring the best. You can't bring God what you want God to have. You got to bring God the best, the best in your tithes, the best in your offerings, the best in your lifestyle. You can't give God what you want him to have and accept him to receive it. He told Cain, if you do well, I'll bless you too. So I come out and tell you this evening on the radio world, if you do well, if you obey, this time next year, I guarantee you, God will blow your socks off. Oh, God will blow your mind. You'll see blessings that you've never dreamed you'll see. You'll see yourself going to higher heights and deeper depths. In Jesus' name, precious Father, I thank you. I praise you. I lift you up, and I magnify your name for the message. I thank you for helping me get through the message, to do the message. Talking about obedience, oh, God, how the blessings come obedience. And I pray, God, that you will touch hearts and ears that heard this message, that they won't let it fall to the ground, God that they will take and apply it to their life. For the Bible says it's not he that know the way, but he that does the way. We got so many people that know the way. They're scholars, Lord. Oh, they're doctors and lawyers. Oh, God, they they they, they educated in so many ways. But, 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 but when it comes down to applying it to their life, oh, God, it's a long way off. So help us to apply it to our life, God. Help us to apply it to our life. Help us to live it, Lord, so others can see us living that they could come running at what much I do to be saved. We help us, oh, God, to obey. Help us to get all the skeletons out of our closet. Oh, God, help us to lay down every weight and the sin so easy beset us. And especially, God, in the ministry, those in high places. Help them to live holy. Help them to lay down every weight and the sin so easy beset them. Help them to get rid of these skeletons. Help them get rid of these wrongdoings. Help them get rid of those things they're doing in, in the dark that are coming back now to haunt them, God. They're bringing a reproach against them, Lord. Help us as leaders to live above. You told us to live above reproach. Help us as leaders to live above reproach so nobody can't, so nobody can't point their fingers. And the scripture says, man, if they do point their fingers, they'll be ashamed they pointed their fingers. Help, help every apostle. Help every leader. Help every man or woman of God in his holy leadership position to walk above reproach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.